Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit accidentalinformation.com. Hello, people of Earth. Welcome back to Good Humans. Thanks for coming back for another episode. A couple things right off the bat. This intro might sound different than they usually sound. Uh, because I'm recording it on my phone from a bathroom in a hotel room in uh, somewhere in California. <laughs> um, I'm on vacation, and uh, so still wanted to make sure that we got an episode up, um, and I'm recording it from the bathroom because my wife is sleeping right now. Um, so that's what life as a podcaster is. Uh, so, but thank you for coming back for another episode. Um, before we get into the episode, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I usually plug the Patreon page. Um, if you're interested in that, it's patreon.com slash goodhumans. Um, but really, this this uh, this time, I just wanted to tell you, if you want to uh, reach out, if you want to know more about the podcast or any of the guests, uh, if you just want to talk about something, um, if you have ideas, uh, opinions, Anything like that. I would love, love, love to have a conversation with you. And there's a few ways you can do that. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I've made a lot of really cool, good connections. Um, even met a few of my former guests. Uh, former guests? They were still guests. I met a few of my guests on Instagram. Um, and so uh, my Instagram handle is uh, J-O-B-A-N underscore G-H. Um, and so you can hit me up there uh, and we can have a conversation uh, the Facebook page is just facebook.com slash goodhumans. Um, super easy. We have an email address. It's goodhumanspod at gmail.com. Uh, and a website, which is goodhumanspod.com. So there's a few ways you can reach out, get in touch, have a conversation, uh, share opinions or ideas or whatever. Um, but I would love to talk to you guys if, if you want to talk. So reach out uh, and let's chat. Uh, my episode this week, the episode this week, is Terrence Talley. Terrence does a lot of work with uh, middle schools and high schools um, and uh, even a little bit with grade schools, but uh, he basically runs assemblies for these schools, uh, but these are not your typical assemblies. Um, and I won't give away too much in the intro because we'll talk about it, obviously, in the episode, but the work he's doing is incredible. It's needed. Um, I gushed a little bit during the episode, but just because I was so in awe of uh, his drive, his passion for helping these kids um, and for the obvious good that it's doing uh, for them. Um, so I'm really impressed with Terrence. He's doing amazing, amazing work um, and it's needed work. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I definitely got a lot out of it. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, my conversation with Terrence Talley. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. My name is Josh, and joining me this week is Terrence Talley. Hi, Terrence. Hey, how are we doing? So good, man. I'm so grateful that you made time to do this. Um, and I'm so excited to talk about your work. Uh, and we, we were actually introed 
um, via Christopher Swan of Accidental Information fame. Yeah. Yeah, small I just, world. I, I just saw an email. And it was all of a sudden just introducing me to you. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm meeting new people. This is awesome. That's right. Yeah, Christopher's been great. He, um, he obviously, he, he runs uh, the podcast network that we're on, um, Accidental Information. But he's been really great for just all kinds of resources. He's, he's a wealth of information. And um, now he's introducing me to other awesome people. So uh, I'm I'm really happy about that. What a nice um, guy! He is such a nice guy, uh, and I'm not just saying that because he runs our podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, but I, uh, Terrence, I'm so excited to talk about your work and and really get into it. But before we do, just in case um, my listeners aren't familiar with your work, if you don't mind, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you're doing, just whatever you think we should know about you. Yeah, of course. Um, well, once again, uh, my name is Terrence, and basically what I do is I travel around the country uh, doing a school assemblies. And so when we go into the school assembly, it's not the normal like, hey, I'm here to talk about drugs. But really for me, it's being able to talk uh, and letting them know that somebody cares about them. And one of the big things that I talk about is the importance of a dad hug. And Dad Hug says, I love you, and you don't have to do anything for me. Dad Hug says, I think you're great, and you don't have to be the superstar athlete. You don't have to get straight A's. I just think you're great because you're you. And it doesn't matter if you're in need of a dad hug, a mom hug, or a friend hug. Everybody deserves to have that hug. And so I basically tell everybody my job is just to love people. And... That is what drove me to be able to write uh, a book as well. The book is called Secrets Anonymous. And after an assembly, students will send me their secrets and sometimes things that they're going through. And so what we did was we took those secrets from across the country and we put them in a book. And so the whole idea is that somebody can read this book and they can read someone else's secret. And yeah, the details may not be all the same, but you can recognize when somebody hurts like you hurt. And if you know somebody hurts like you hurt, then you know you're not alone and you know there's hope for you. That's so good. That's so beautiful. I um, I actually was just talking to a friend of mine. Um, he was in town uh, just, just recently and we were talking about suffering and, and mm. how all of us are, we're a product of our own experiences. Um, and we were talking about our tendency to compare suffering uh, amongst ourselves. Like I, um, uh, I, I had a, a really, really bad uh, summer um, a oh, few no. years ago. Um, yeah, I, my listeners already know the story, but it, basically, I lost my job, my apartment, and my girlfriend all in the space of like two weeks. It, oh, was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, so I was I was sing- newly single, uh, jobless, and homeless, um, kind of all at once. But we were talking about that and. Uh, I might my tendency even in the moment like when it when I was going through all of it my tendency was to think well um you know who am I to complain other people you know have lost children or parents or siblings or you know like other people have had it way worse which is true to an extent but that doesn't minimize the fact that I I was also suffering in that moment right um and in doing that I wasn't allowing myself to actually feel the suffering and process it um, so it's interesting to me that you, you talk about, uh, man, we're just getting right into it, aren't we? Yeah. Hey, let's dive into it. I'm ready. 
Um, yeah, I, I hope the listeners are ready because we're just going. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting to me that you talk about um, students sending in, you know, their secrets and talking about, uh, you know, pain and things like that, because um, I the the cynic in me can hear other other people saying, you know, what possible suffering and pain could could high school students be going through. And I think that's probably a product of, of maybe being uh, a little too far removed from those high school years. <laughs> I'm I'm 33, but I still vividly remember things uh, at times being just absolutely terrible in high school. Yeah. Um, so these these kids that are that are sending in which is a super vulnerable thing to do. They're sending in secrets, literal secrets to you. But um, what what kind of things are you seeing like from these students? Like what kind of what kind of things are they working through? What kind of suffering are they dealing with? Um, what kind of pain? Um, if you don't mind, just talk about that a little bit, because I, I think it would be good for us to have some perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, we do always think, hey, you have no idea. We got through it when I was uh, back in that age and you can get through it, too. But this is a whole different world. And it I is. know seeing just the things that students have gone through, I'm like, there is no way I would have been able to experience this. Like, for instance, it was it was around last Easter. I'm chilling out at my home, sitting on the couch, and then all of a sudden, bloop! I don't know the noise that it makes when it pops up <laughs> on your phone, but uh, there is a, a message, and on the preview line, it said, Terrence, I'm the mom of dot, dot, dot. Now, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I don't know if you've ever gotten a message from someone else's mom, but that, uh, yep, it's a very scary experience. And, yeah, I, I spent a few years as the the youth pastor at, at my church, um, so I've uh, gotten those messages. <laughs> it is it is very scary. <laughs> Absolutely, same here. So I open it up, and it says, "Terrence, I'm the mom of a student that was at one of the schools that you went to." And she goes, "The day you were there, my daughter said that everything got better and it was great." But she goes, "Now." everything has gone back to the way it was and my daughter has locked herself in the bathroom and I don't know what to do. And come to find out, this this girl, she sent pictures to this boy. When I say pictures, it's uh, pictures of her nude uh, to this guy that she liked. And this guy took those pictures and he made copies of it and he put it all over the school. And so when she opened up her locker, there were pictures in there wow. and different people around the school, they had the pictures. And then next thing you know, they started uh, the Snapchat messages. And matter of fact, the mom sent me pictures of the messages that students were sending to her daughter. And it was telling her how no one's ever gonna want her and she smells like fish and she should just die because she's ugly. Wow. And it was like, so heartbreaking this wasn't even you know you can sometimes uh, imagine someone else's pain but to actually see it and to actually yeah. know that it's she's just not making this up but this is real it just blew my mind and I just hurt so bad uh, for that girl because it's like nobody deserves something like that and you take your most vulnerable uh, your most vulnerable is you being naked and yeah. so somebody seeing it and knowing it and then criticizing it that uh yeah. so yeah it's That's awful it's thing right and it's 
back then, or for us, I shouldn't say back then, I feel like I'm still young. I'm like, I ain't that old. <laughs> but when I was younger, I, I had nothing to do with social. That was social media? What was that? I don't know. Yeah, and so it's like, when you were at home or when you were at school, you can experience that. But for me, it was like, I can go home and I can forget about all that. Like I'm separated from what happened. But now students, they can't, there is no safety spot for them. It's all the time, every day. And so, and that's just one story. Yeah, man. I, um, yeah, I, I think about that a lot too. We're, the you know these kids are are the first generation to grow up you know ever since they were babies with this kind of technology and yeah um i i feel like you and i are, are maybe at least close to the same age but uh yes. I, I remember when when we got our first like internet connected computer which is that's a it's a crazy thing to say now <laughs> yeah. um i was probably 14 maybe um and we had one computer that was connected to the internet. It was in the family room uh, and it was dial up. So, you know, <laughs> one person at a time and you had to not be on the phone. And now we carry computers around with us in our pockets and we're connected all the time. And you're right, when when you and I were in school, we could go home and disconnect. We were, we were you know, secluded. We were safe yeah. uh, even. And now it just doesn't go away. And I, I, um, I sympathize a lot with, with kids now. And I, I think, um, you know, millennials get a bad rap, but, but the generation after us also gets a bad rap. Uh, I don't think for any good reason other than people just don't understand them, but right. Um, it's technology is great and it's awesome that it connects us all the time, but in, in cases like that, but even in less extreme cases, it, it can be, I could see it could be a real toxic thing um, to just be so connected all the time, especially at that age when social status is huge. Um, and you know, just a few words can turn your whole world upside down. Um, that's, that's, that is heartbreaking. That's really heartbreaking. Well, it's this, uh, this like steady, like having to keep up with this life that, yes, that is yes. not real. And that can get tiring, even as an adult. Like, think about it. When you go to work, it's like, all right, I can put on that face for a couple of hours. And <laughs> even though stuff is happening at home, I can uh, just put that in that box. But now yeah. it's like you have to steadily keep that up. And it's almost like keeping up a lie of who you are and. Yeah. nobody can keep that up forever yeah buddy I'll, you hit it right on the head i'll tell you i um i didn't feel that that kind of pressure i didn't feel until i was an adult and like in the workforce and you know like mm. there are times when you feel you've gotten yourself in over your head and you have to keep up and then it's it's real stressful because you have to be you know sort of on it all the time mm-hmm. and you can't shut off um but to have that as uh a child um and i don't mean to sound dismissive but like 12 13 14 you're still a child and right to have that at that age is i mean i like i cannot imagine that's that's awful the i often joke the only thing i had to worry about at that age was what i was gonna have for lunch at school (laughs) you know like um there there was just no worries and I, i feel like we're we're forcing these kids to grow up much much sooner 
than we had to. Uh, and I'm, I'm afraid of, um, well, I mean, you, you have first experience, firsthand experience with the damage that it's doing. I'm afraid of, of that. Um, you, the, there's a video on your site where you talk about the book, um, and how that came about. One of the stats that you mentioned is that suicide is the second leading cause of death from ages. I think it was 12 to 24. Yeah. Uh, which was staggering to me. I had no idea that it was that prevalent, but so you're, you are, you're deep in it with, with the results and the products of, of this kind of pressure um, and just like all the changes that are, that are happening with, with how kids are growing up now. Um, so, and I know your, your school assemblies focus on a lot of that. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of like what goes on at a school assembly? What are the things you talk about? Um, those, the video is beautiful by the way, but uh-huh. <laughs> um, tell us, Tell us a little bit about those school assemblies and, and what it is you do there. Right. So as for me, when the school assembly starts, I know I want to start it off having fun because I know how deep it's going to go. And <laughs> yeah. so I want to make sure having that connection, like, hey, I can laugh with you guys and we're, we're going to have a good time, but we're going to also be serious. And so we'll start off. I'll, I'll get the teachers like dancing and then people are like, OK, this is ridiculous. Uh, but then from there, I go into a story about my brother and I racing. And the whole point of that story is don't give up. And this is kind of the introduction of the whole, the whole day, the whole assembly experience is it don't give up no matter what's going on. You can make, make it through, just don't give up. And so I'll, I'll tell stories about different students I encountered, uh, different stories that have uh, just been sent to me while also combining that with my story and the stories will start off light and I could see it on students faces they're like okay this is not going to be so bad like I'll start off <laughs> with a story about how I used to get made fun of for my teeth and I have a gap in my teeth and I was always so ashamed about that and it's just <laughs> like how many of us uh, look in the mirror and we don't we want to cover up our smile and maybe for you, your your teeth aren't it, but it's something else about yourself you don't like. And so from there, it's like, okay, yeah, we've heard things like this, but this is good. But then it will get into um, a story basically about a, a girl. And see, I can't I can't give away the whole assembly. <laughs> you got you got me. <laughs> no, there. that's you fine. Me. fine. But yeah, uh, just talking about a girl on just how she felt alone and her her dad had left. And I'll talk about my dad, him being gone. And then I'll near the end, I'll talk about how my brother took his life and he hid everything. And I had no idea that's what he was going through until it was too late. And this for me is the whole point of doing this. Like I hate people having secrets and I don't hate people having secrets because you're lying. I hate people having secrets because a secret shows that you're hurting. A secret shows that you're ashamed of something that you have done or who you are. And that kills. And I just, even when I think about that, never, oh, so you're gonna give me a cry. I'm gonna try to hold it back. Um, (laughs) But when I think about that number of students there, even it says 5,000 students every single day attempt to take their life 
you know how how many people are sitting there and they're thinking to themselves, I am ashamed of who I am. And I don't think I can tell anyone. And I just wish for my brother that he would have said something. And I could have easily told him, hey, you are not alone. I am not ashamed of you. And matter of fact, I have my own hurts and pains too. And so, yeah, I I want to share people's secrets. And I want people to know you're not you're not the only one with pain. And one of the big things that we do at the end of the assembly is I'll, I'll have the teachers uh, come down. And I know for me, I'm going to be gone after that day. And I'll never forget it. I'm sitting in this assembly and I'm like, man, these students, they're connecting with me, but I'm not going to be here. And it was just like, you know what, Terrence, you need to get this off of you and you need to focus it back on the people that are going to be there. And that was the teachers. And so I was like, all right, we're going to bring these teachers up. And I just tell the teachers, you know what, you guys are my hero for being able to be here every single day. And I tell the students, hey, these are the people, even though that person might have given you a C minus and or that person might have sent you in the hallway or whatever, it's because they care about you. And so literally have the students come down to get their dad hug, their mom hug, their friend hug from their teachers. And I am telling you, every single time, I'm literally in tears teachers are crying students are crying and everybody always asks like okay how many students come down has there ever been an awkward moment i'm i'm not even lying i'm not exaggerating i would say 98 percent of the students will come down and get that hug and it's never awkward i've never had an awkward moment doing that wow are we and we're talking um this is high school we're talking about right like or or middle through high school like what what ages are are you usually uh, speaking to you so i for a lot of it it's middle school through high school uh, i okay. do do some uh elementary but elementary is way different assembly for them is <laughs> not the same how and how long are these assemblies usually an hour okay man that is that's a lot to cover in an hour kudos to you <laughs> first of all um but that's that's beautiful dude i saw i saw these videos of of students who are in tears and who are hugging their teachers and it's beautiful i'm gonna start crying uh if (laughs) if i'm not careful um just because and i i think i have a soft spot for this too because i i was a youth pastor for a little while um and had had the privilege of of walking through some tough times with some of my students um who are amazing people but it, it it's heartbreaking it, it it really struck with stuck with me what you said about the you know the fact that you're you're speaking for a day but you're not going to be there um you know after that and right. and so they need somebody <clears throat> they need somebody to lean on um after that but the people that they're going to lean on have have been there all along so how are you uh because <laughs> again i know what it's like to be a student how are you helping them um understand that these people you know you're, you're talking about you know they they might have given you a c minus or they might have been tough on you but it's it's because they love you they've heard that before i'm sure but how are you helping these students really connect with the fact that these people are in their life because they care and they want to help um 
how are you how are you helping them bridge that gap right so it, you know what this you just brought up uh you just reminded me of something that happened just two days ago so oh, wow. we do the assembly and bring the students down they're hugging their teachers and a teacher ran over to me and she goes you have no idea how big of an experience this is for me and she goes i always felt like i these students did not like me and she was just like i always wanted to be able to show them how much i cared about them and she goes in that moment you allowed me to take down that wall and to share with my students she was like there is no other it doesn't matter the amount of time we have with these students she was like this is the first time that i was able to show me to them and the show that I genuinely, this is why I'm here. And she goes, this was not an assembly program. And I, I don't want nobody to get me mistaken. I, I, this is not me. This is, I know that this is bigger than what I can do. Uh, but she goes, this assembly, she was like, this wasn't an assembly. This was something, uh, that was bigger on a whole nother scale that our school needed and we just didn't know it yet and and that's the thing i i can't explain to you how it gets broken down it just like it just does like in the moment i think about sharing uh the personal stories and constantly sharing people's stories that i know relate and it's not it's not necessarily uh, about what happened but it's about how you how you felt in that moment and everybody can you know hey yeah i have felt alone hey yeah i've felt i have felt like i am a failure and then when people are sharing that dude it's the the tear factory is on <laughs> terrence this is um i'm sure you know this but this is a big deal this uh-huh. is dude you're like i I'm in awe, honestly. Um, oh, I'm not just saying like I'm, I'm talking to you right now, but this is, uh, wow, this is huge, huge, huge. Um, okay, so I, I definitely have more questions about all of this. All right, yeah. um, but I feel like we can both stand to lighten it up because I'm, I'm like on the verge of, and you are too. So, uh, I, I've been dying to ask you about this because I read this about you. You won a dance contest in the Dominican Republic, right? I did, yes. Can you tell us about that? Because that's awesome. Okay, okay, so this is what happened. Now, you're going to be sitting there. I don't know who's listening. You're going to be like, no, this is not true. <laughs> this is true. This really happened. So my wife and I took her on vacation because she just got done with her first semester getting her master's. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go down to the Dominican Republic. We're just going to relax, have fun. So we're there, and all of a sudden we hear about this dance contest, like this couple's dance contest. My <laughs> wife, now you guys have to understand, no disrespect, I'm a black man. My wife is a white woman, okay? So she was just like, Terrence, I can't dance. That's just not what I do. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you got to trust me. Everybody can dance. It's just, you got to figure out what song it is. And so we were like, I convinced her somehow. I don't know how I did this. I convinced her, hey, 
just follow my lead. That's all you got to do. And we got this thing. So there's these couples and they're dancing and they're all having like their 20 seconds. And so finally it's our turn. My wife is scared. I'm like, okay, we just, <laughs> just go with me. If I drag you, you just, you just come with me. And so we start going and it's a moment. Okay. We're having a moment where it's like, there's a point where you know you're on the same page with your significant other and it's like yeah that's right we're this is us we're one right now and that's <laughs> what happened and then afterwards it it started off i think with 10 couples and it got down to the last two when they're like okay then they had the crowd cheer for which one they thought won i'm thinking the, the couple that dance they were amazing. They were doing all sorts of like spins. And I was like, I'm not a polished dancer whatsoever. But they got to us and like the crowd just blew up. I don't know if it was because they had pity on us. Uh, <laughs> but no matter what it was, uh, we won. I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, I, I got to know, what was the song? You know what? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I all that matters is that you won. That, see, that was it. It was like everything <laughs> else after that faded. It was just the win that yeah. remained. Yeah, I hear you, dude. That's that is incredible. That's so cool. <laughs> um, I and I, I feel your wife's pain. I'm I'm also I'm a white man. And I, <laughs> I, I am a terrible dancer. You know what? Like to say I'm a terrible dancer implies that I can dance like a little. <laughs> I I can't at all. Um, so, I, I am uh, telling you, that's... everybody has at least one song that they can dance to. It's just finding okay, so, out what that song is. All right, so help me help me understand this because the way it sounds like you're approaching this is that it's like scientific. Right? Is that <laughs> like, is. am I right? Like you're okay. So how do you like how do you know when it's like a song you can dance to? Like what are you what are you looking for? What are you what are you feeling? It's that song where it naturally, you just connect to it, and it's not even you're thinking about it. It's just like the song, it okay. gets you, and you just, you start moving to it. And it's like that, see, that's your song. And you don't have to worry about which dance moves you do. You're just doing it because this is your song, and you're connecting to it. And I, my wife hates me because every time we go to a wedding, she's like, all right, let's go dance. And I'm like, no, I got to wait for the right song because I can't just go on there and try to dance because I'm going to look ridiculous. I have to wait for my song to go on there. And I have a, a lot of different songs, but the minute I hear it, I'm like, oh, man, I got to move to this. <laughs> Everybody has one song. Love it. All right. Well, I, I guess I just haven't heard mine yet, but I'll keep my ears open. <laughs> Uh, I feel like a few cocktails might help too, though. So it <laughs> we'll always does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got to ask you about one more thing too, because uh, I, I read this about you too, and I connected a lot. I I hear that you're a comic book slash movie nerd. Is oh, that true? Oh, that's very true. Very right, very man. true. Okay, I see. This is Terrence. I knew you and I were going to be buddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So. Um, we so we talked about school assemblies and, and some of your work with students. I really want to know more about uh, about your book, um, yeah. Secrets Anonymous, which I also read was the number one book in its category on Amazon, which is really awesome as well. I think that just shows that there's there's definitely a need for what you're doing. But um, can you tell us how the book came to be? 
Yeah. Um, so I, I always, ever since I started doing assemblies, people would just send me their stories and their secrets. And so my inbox, especially on Instagram or on Twitter, would just get blown up. And there is this one story uh, where this student, they were, oh man, I'm trying to phrase it in the right way. Um, This student, they were on the edge and they said, Terrence, nobody knows my secret. And they go, my secret, and then I will never be able to tell anybody, was somebody in my family molested me. And wow, they just said, I hate myself for, for it happening. And she, they were, and it was a guy, and he was just like, I want to die every single day just because I can't let people know because my family told me not to tell anybody. And he was just like, for a moment in that assembly, you made me feel like I, I had a chance, that I, I wasn't weird, and I didn't deserve that to happen to me. And, and I'm paraphrasing the story, but, um, after I read that, I was just like, I, I have to do something with this. I know there are other people, other students that are feeling and horribly probably have gone through the same thing. And it was, it was voice. I don't, I don't know what you believe, whatever your faith stance is, but I knew that something told me that I needed to take my platform and I needed to give it to other people. And a constant reminder of, it's not about me. But I need to not like guard my platform, but to just give it away and just be like, you know what? You may not be able to go to schools like I am, but your story can definitely be told. And I would be honored if I can share that story with others. And so that's what um, began the book. Let's, okay. You said two things there. Um, and I've, I've got one written down. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll come back to it. But you said two things there um, that I want to dig into. One <clears throat> is that, or I thought of two things while you're talking. <clears throat> one is that you said you do, you, you're not guarding your platform. You want to give that away, which I think is beautiful. So I definitely want to talk more about that. Um, going back a little bit further, though, it, it occurred to me, um, you know, reading on your website, watching the videos, um, you know, knowing about the work that you're doing, people are sending you literal secrets, um, possibly that they've never told anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of trust there, um, which I think speaks to the level of connection that you're able to build. Um, <clears throat> can you tell us a little bit about that relationship um, and how, you know, like just how you're able to build that rapport, but also then, um, you know, sort of of keep that trust and and make sure that you're, you know, doing doing the right thing with it. That's a huge responsibility. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm intrigued by that relationship. Yeah, um, you know that. You just brought it up, and I, it never occurred to me like that. Like, they're they're trusting me. I I guess when I as I'm thinking about that now, I just think that it when I'm at that school, I I am there. This is not my job. I'm just man. I 
I want to be there and I am, I am here for these students. And I, I truly think as somebody, if you share with somebody your heart, then they're going to be willing to share with you theirs. And so when I'm at that school, I, I'm going to share with you my heart. And every assembly is not necessarily the same. I know there are some times where I'm like, okay, I got to change this story. I need to put something else there. What has, what else has happened? What other story can I remember? And in that moment, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to share this about myself. Or there have been times where I've talked about uh, what's happened with my brother, and then I'll just go into what happened to me and and how I found out that I'm bipolar and. And I don't tell that at every single school, but it's like, you know what? These students need to hear this. And yeah. so I, I just think they, they trust because they know I'm trusting them. People of Earth, this episode of Good Humans is brought to you by Accidental Information. Accidental Information is an amazing, inspirational organization that is actually run by Christopher Swan, who was a guest in last season of this show. What he's doing with this organization is helping each and every one of us celebrate what makes us different and then use that to improve our personal lives and our careers. I love this organization so much, and it's not just because we just joined their podcast network. It's because each and every article and show that they have contains directly applicable and practical advice that will improve your personal life or your career. I love the articles that they post such as how binge watching helps you live a better life, five amazing people who have used adversity to spark creativity, five ways to learn from every podcast you hear, how to tap into your creativity, and so many more. If you're interested, you should check out accidentalinformation.com and tell them good humans sent you. I definitely want to talk about, because uh, you just mentioned it, um, I know you do uh, a lot of work around mental health as well. Um, and when you and I chatted previously, um, we talked a little bit about uh, when you found out that you were bipolar. Um, and when I found out um, that I had ADHD uh, mm -hmm. and the experience of, of getting that diagnosis, I think both of us uh, as adults um, got our diagnoses. But um, can you talk a little bit about some of the work that you do around mental health, your experience with with uh, getting your own diagnosis, what that's been like, um, and how that's influenced some of your work. Um, I don't think mental health gets talked about enough. Right. Uh, so this, you know, it, it's not, this isn't the kind of podcast where I'm like trying to get like all the juicy <laughs> details, but, yeah. um, I just don't think it's talked about enough. And I think it's really important. Um, number one, just for everyone to know that it's probably a lot more common than, than people may think. Um, oh, yeah. and, and to the point of a lot of your work, it's, you know, people, that struggle with some of this is they're not alone. Um, but two, just, you know, the fact that there is, there are avenues, right? Um, yes. so, yeah, I'll, I'll let, I'm going on too long. I'll, I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah, no. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So for me, it, and that's part of sharing that secret is just like, you don't have to be ashamed of, of being ADHD or, are being bipolar it's in that that we're sharing with that and so i'll go and i'll i'll talk at different uh, conventions or just different uh, things that are being held across the country talking about mental health and and even going through i got i went through a whole like couple of classes just talking about 
scientifically what this all looks like. And so when I talk, I don't want to ever give some information or some advice that is just, yeah, just be good and have positive <laughs> thoughts and you don't need to take those drugs. Just have, no, that's ridiculous. And yeah. And so I wanted to make sure I was in the know about those things. And so just being able to, to talk to students, there are times when after an assembly is done, I'll get pulled into a counselor's office or the principal will ask, hey, can you meet with this student? And then there it's breaking it down of saying, okay, uh, you have told me now that you're dealing uh, with depression. Does anybody here know about that? And one of the big things that you need to do is actually talk about it. Like scientifically, the more you talk about what's going on, then the easier for the chemicals in your brain to go, okay, it's not that bad. I'm not alone in this and I can, I can go and I get through this. And so, yeah, there's just been a, a lot of, I think, talking through mental health. I, I never expected me to be the person to do that and even during the assembly you'll never hear me say mental health we're going to talk about mental health and you'll never hear me say we're going to talk about bullies or being made fun of but it's just in conversation this is it comes up and this is what the conversation goes to because you don't want to ever talk to students like hey i'm here to talk about all you that are dealing with some <laughs> mental health issues. I'm telling you right now, the students will turn you off and they'll be like, okay, here's a textbook wanting to talk yeah. to us. I, I can see that. That's, that sounds very, it just sounds disingenuous right off the bat. It right. sounds very cookie cutter. Yeah. Absolutely. You, it's, it's interesting you talk about talking, talking things out, like saying things out loud. Um, I, I recently started therapy, which has been incredible um, so far, but uh, in one of our sessions, my therapist and I were talking about um, the fact that just saying things out loud allows you to get a little bit of distance from it. Mm. Um, right. because, because then it's it's strange. It's a strange phenomenon, but it's it's literally outside of you at that point. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and so you can you can get some distance from whatever that thought is or concept or or circumstance or event. Uh, and you can kind of begin to analyze it from a little, like slightly more objective standpoint. Right. Um, and so one of the one of the exercises uh, we we've been working on, and something I've been doing is um, I downloaded an app that's kind of just a thought journal. But um, when when things run through my head that I I have a feeling are probably not the healthiest of thoughts. I just kind of jot them down, um, and then I'll go back to it later. And and most times. Uh, it's, it's with a slightly different perspective and, um, um, just, just that distance is, is really, really helpful in being able to, to deal with it. But I can imagine in, in one of those situations where you're in a counseling session, essentially with a student, them saying it out loud and then being able to get the feedback right away from another person, even, um, that's that can be a little more objective and has a different perspective on their experience that's got to be huge as well yeah well and and that's the thing i my my wife now she she has her master's in counseling and one oh, of wow. the yeah i know it's weird we never even planned that's amazing that. right and then <laughs> she works at a school now as a counselor and so it's crazy we never planned that but that's how it is but yeah. 
uh, one of the things that she constantly reminds me of is I, I am not a counselor. I, I don't have that schooling. I don't have all that education, but what I am is, uh, kind of like the, I can help direct people to that counselor and I can take that stigma off of the counselor because that's every time I meet with a student, literally the last words I will leave them with is you need to go talk to someone that knows about this and don't Mm -hmm. feel ashamed to do that. I believe it doesn't matter who you are. I think you need to meet with a counselor at least once a year, everybody, Mm -hmm. and it will help. And so I just constantly remind them, Hey, go and talk. This is what these people are here for. So go and use them. And so, yeah, I would agree. Um, wholeheartedly. I, I wish that I had taken advantage of that more when I was younger. Um, I'm finding it incredibly helpful now as an adult. Um, and, and like I said, both of us, uh, got our diagnoses like, you know, later, um, definitely, I think later than, than both of us probably would have liked it. It would have helped (laughs) to get it earlier. Um, and like I shared with you, I, that moment for me was, um, it was really emotional. I didn't expect it to be, but I was sort of describing what was going on to my doctor. Um, and, and we, we talked a little more, uh, and just like pretty matter of factly after we had been talking for about an hour, um, and going over everything, uh, he just sort of matter of factly said, Oh, well you, you have ADHD. Like it's pretty clear. Um, and to him, it was just, that was a diagnosis. That's all it was for him. Uh, for me though, hearing those words, it did so much for me. And it's, it sounds weird to, to say that like, oh my gosh, thank God I have a diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. But then I know you can relate it in that moment. It was, um, oh my gosh, I'm not broken. Oh my gosh, I'm not stupid. I'm not, yeah. this is not my fault. Uh, I'm not just screwing up all the time. Like there is a reason. Um, right. And I teared up. Like, I don't think he was expecting it either. Cause he, he got real awkward. <laughs> it's uh, like, uh, but, all right. <laughs> and he was like, he was like apologetic. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like this is, this is a huge relief. Um, and I, so if, if you don't mind, we don't, we don't have to talk about it at all, but if you don't mind, can you talk about your experience with sort of what led you up to, um, you, you being diagnosed and then your experience as an adult man, getting this diagnosis like what was what was that like for you yeah well first of all i'm <laughs> my whole job is like opening up my <laughs> life so i have no problem talking about anything. well i i appreciate that i just i always like to i i like to set the stage because this like i said this is not like a gotcha podcast so um oh, yeah. you know i i just want you to be comfortable but i i appreciate you you being willing to to be transparent oh yeah no problem uh i think for me, I don't, I don't think I know my, so my brother, he took his life on that for me. And when I was talking to, uh, the psychologist and the, the counselor, they, they said that I kind of kept everything inside because when my brother died, I have another brother and my mom. And even in that moment, I just remember when we got the news, my brother had died. I remember my mom, she just fell on the ground and I remember his wife fell and just left and just ran into the corner. And I remember 
picking up that phone and finishing that conversation. And it was even in that moment where I was just like, okay, I have to take care of everything. And I can't let... I uh, I was probably... Dude, that's a great question. How old was I? (laughs) I was probably 31. Okay, okay. I'm not that old, though. Uh, no, no, I, I, that's, that's not what I was, that's not what I was getting at. I just, I was wondering like, um, you know, like where, like right. you know, what stage of your life this happened, but, um, and this was, was this your older or younger brother? This was my older brother. I have okay. two older brothers. And so, uh, in that moment, it was just like, I just held in everything in order to deal with everything for everyone else. And with that, I didn't realize it was a couple years later where I, uh, honestly, I about ruined our marriage, Uh, not because of my wife, but because of me and stupid choices I was making and not even talking to her and not even bringing her into the conversation. And then finally, it just broke. And I'm sitting there. I don't want to. I, I didn't necessarily want to be wanted to take my own life, but at the same time, I didn't want to be here. I did not want to be on earth. I did not want to have to continually have this mask on and try to do everything for everybody. And I was just like, even, I, I think I told you earlier uh, that I remember I'm sitting at my computer and there's an article about Kurt Cobain and they were saying that they had new pictures of his death and I clicked on that and I just remember looking at those pictures and I'm like oh my gosh that would just feel so good right now just to have nothing and it just broke me down and and I'm having these mood swings where one day I'm like on top of the world my my speak I'll get off the stage I'm like man I killed it this is awesome you know what I'm gonna go run a marathon this is great I'm like you were you were already speaking at this point right yeah okay I I was in it and so there'd be times where I would sit down people would ask me to to speak at this church or go here and I just the night before I'm nailing this thing I'm like putting it all together I'd stay up until five (laughs) o'clock in the morning it's like yes I can do this and then they were those days I couldn't even get out of bed. And yeah. there were those days where I just, I shut down. And it was so just, my wife was just steadily like, what is going on? And I'm like, I, at, at first you want to be very defensive. And it's just like, no, get away. You don't, you don't understand. And that, that for me is a sign that somebody is dealing with something. And they don't realize it when you tell somebody, you don't understand. And it's like, that's what that darkness will do to you, is it will tell you, yeah, you are alone in this. And Oh, interesting. So it's kind of a, there's kind of something built in. It's That's probably, um, I have very limited knowledge of like uh, psychoanalysis, but it's that sounds like a, like a defense mechanism, like a coping mechanism um, to kind of shut people out at that point and say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. And, and I mean, I guess technically that person doesn't cause we can only experience our own experiences, but, uh, it's interesting that that's kind of built in. Um, that's like a little pitfall that's built into this. Right. Because it, you're creating an excuse 
for your actions that you know are not necessarily right. Right. And it's like, well, I'm dealing with this, so I'm allowed to to do this. I'm allowed not to talk. I'm allowed not to to share with anybody because they just won't understand. Yeah. And so for me, that's just where I was at. And I'm just doing all these things until finally I just broke and I just told my wife, I don't know what's going on. I can't deal with this. I can't have this mask on no more. And I don't want to be here. And it's not. And I had my my daughters at the time and I'm married. And it's just like, it's, it's not that I hate all those things. I think those things are great. But I have been just, I feel like such a burden that I just... It would be better if I was gone. And wow. so they, my wife automatically knew, like, you need to go and talk to somebody. And so I eventually ended up talking to a counselor. And that counselor was like, okay, I think there's something more here than what we're talking about. They ended up sending me to a psychologist. And they did uh, question me, took blood tests. And then that's when it came back. It was like, okay, Terrence, you're... The reason why you're acting the way you are is because you're bipolar. And they're like, you do. When you're bipolar, you have those manic mo- moments. And it could be a day, two days, where you are on top of the world. You are you can conquer anything. You could stay up and just kill it and yeah. feel great. But And then when you're bipolar, there are those days where you it's not just you're just having a low day. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done day. And so... Yeah, it was great. I'm wow. telling you now, when I finally got hooked up on the medication that was right for me, oh my goodness, I felt like <laughs> I felt like a Terrence I don't never even knew. And so, oh, amazing. Yeah, it was great. So, do you um, was it was this this is something that you you've been dealing with almost your whole life? Is that right? And then it just it's sort of like came to a head as an adult or right so they said that it was when they asked you questions like do you have any history of this happening in your family so it was Uh always something that was kind of underneath as I was growing up even as a kid and then the moment that my whole brother situation happened it was just like boom everything just came forward at that point and it was like it revealed itself wow I well I'm I'm so happy that you got help. I'm happy oh. you're healthy. Um that's so huge. And I again I I appreciate you sharing your story. I wish we could shout that from every rooftop. <laughs> right. Um, people yeah, I just I I really hope first of all I I hope people hear this just so they can know about the work you're doing, but um it's just things like this are are so incredibly important. I I hope people don't miss it. You said, I, I wrote it down. The, the quote is, my job is to love people. Um, and I, I want to know what that means to you. I like we, the word love is, I think, interpreted by a lot of people a lot of different ways. Um, and, and that's okay. And uh, you've, you've talked about like dad hugs. And that means, you know, I love you and you don't have to do anything for me, which I, is still one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. But um, yeah. tell us about what it, what it means to you your job being to love people um what what exactly does that mean to you how is that how does that come out for me it's 
being willing to take that time and to not not be a robot just like you're saying and when you went to go hear these people talk and you could take that material and give it to anybody if you love somebody there there's no way that you can do that because it's it's going to be different like i have two daughters yes and if i take both of them out on a date at separate times that date's going to be totally different for each of them yep. and so it's that same way of coming in there and just saying you know what i'm i'm going to make this experience my time with you my time with you and not like all the other ones so sure am i gonna say things that will line up for the last assembly i did or i told that story yeah absolutely but i'm probably not gonna tell them in the same way and i'm not gonna look at that student the same way and so when i'd say my job is to love people my job is to be present with people and to let oh, them know yeah. that somebody cares about them. And I, I'm here for you. Man, I that's so good. Uh, just, again, I like um, my, I feel like I say this all the time. So sorry, listeners, you're going to hear it again. But because uh, <laughs> I, I, I like, I use the phrase, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> I, I'd like to have these conversations with people. So I do talk to people about this stuff. Um, my buddy that, that rolled through town that I mentioned earlier, uh, last week, um, we were, we were talking about this too, the, the idea of being actually present with somebody and not, uh, sort of going through the motions. Like the, the way it came up is we were talking about small talk, um, which is, that's a crazy thing to say. We were talking about, <laughs> small talk, but just, I hate it so much. And, um, it came up cause I was, I needed a haircut and we're fairly new to the area. So I've only gotten a couple, haven't really found a place I love, but I hate getting haircuts. I hate it because <laughs> you're stuck in a chair with a person you, you may not know. I mean, unless you have like a regular stylist or barber or whatever, and then it's fine. But like when you're finding a new one, you're stuck in a chair with a person you don't know. And which means you're stuck in a conversation you don't necessarily want to have with somebody that you don't know. <laughs> And it always goes the same way. It's like uh, crazy weather, you know, what are your plans this weekend? Um, you know, like that, like that kind of like very shallow surface level stuff. And right. I hate it. There's, there's almost nothing I hate more, possibly carrots, but there's almost <laughs> nothing I hate more than small talk. I just don't like it. It's just, I, I would rather be silent and not say anything than do small talk because to me, other than just the pure inconvenience of it, to me, it's just such a, it's such an obvious um, betrayal of like authenticity to me. Yeah. Like when you're asking me what my weekend plans are, if we don't know each other, you don't care what my weekend <laughs> plans are. You're filling time. That's all you're doing. And we both know it, but we still all go along with it. It's like dogs sniffing each other's butts. Like it's just <laughs> this dance that humans think they have to do. And so we were talking about this and this phenomenon. And I was like, I, um, I would so much rather just meet a person and find something that we either have in common or that we're both interested in, or just have them tell me about something that they're interested in and listen, than do that whole dumb small talk dance. Um, and I, I think a huge part of that, sorry, this is a very long winded way to say it. No. I think a huge part being present, uh, because, I, I, my theory is if you're actually present with somebody, 
first of all, they can tell. People can tell when you're present and when you're not. Um, so mm-hmm. it changes the dynamic that in itself. But when you're present with somebody, you you can do that thing where you are genuinely interested in what they're saying. And they they then get that signal that they can open up about something or talk about something they care about or, you know, there's like a real connection there instead of the, the dumb, um, you know, crazy thing happened in the news yesterday or you know, whatever the topic is. Um, you hear it's 90 degrees outside? I know, it's crazy, it's crazy. How about this humidity, you know? Um, you know what, which is, uh, which again, hats off to you because I, these, I, I talked to a lot of people, I do a lot of interviews, um, and sometimes they flow really, really well, like this one has. Um, and sometimes it takes me a little bit. The reason I schedule two hours for these interviews is because sometimes the good stuff doesn't come out until like the last 30 minutes because it takes somebody that long to warm up, mm. um, which is fine. But that I, that's one of the things I appreciate about you too is that we, I mean, within five minutes, you and I were like, it, we were in it already. Um, <laughs> Let's which go. I think is great. That's so great. Yeah. So you're, you're definitely practicing what you preach. I think there, um, with oh, being thanks. present with people. Um, and it's, I, again, I think that's a very obvious thing. Like it's, it's obvious that you work on that. Um, so yeah, I, I guess kudos is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate that. I, I really yeah, do. I, for me, I was a kid growing up where I didn't feel like I was good at anything. And that meant I didn't think I was special for anyone. And it's I all... I can relate to that a lot, Terrence. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it was always a, a big deal when somebody actually sat down and spent time with me. And I'm like, yes. you really want to spend time with me? Yep. And I, yeah, I want to be able to do that for other people because uh, they're, oh, snap. You know what? There's this statistic I forgot where I got it from. So if anybody's listening and like, where is that at? I don't remember, <laughs> but I know I heard it. For all the fact checkers out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, there's a statistic that says it was around 30% of students will go through a whole week of school and not have someone ask them how they're doing. Wow. That's a lot. And That's matter of fact, lot. it's probably more than 30%. And just think about that. Like, nobody ask you how you're doing and if if you're gonna meet me i'm gonna ask you how you're doing and i'm gonna look at you and and i i just want you to know that i care about you and i i i am here because i love you and you don't have to put on a show for me you don't have to tell me about how talented you were in the play last night like i just i'm here for you and i'm here to because I'm genuinely interested in who you are. And I'm in awe that you are a human being that is living this life and you are living it well. And I just want to know. That resonates with me a lot. I It was always a big deal to me too when somebody would choose to be around me or spend time with me because I always felt like, I like again, I literally told my therapist the other day, like my attitude was always like, you don't have to do this. Like, I get it. You could, like, you can do whatever else you want. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure this is not what you would prefer to be doing. Like, I appreciate it, but you don't have to, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so it was always a big deal when somebody would choose to talk to me or spend time with me. Um, Cause I was always like, really, you know? Uh, and I, I think that's why as now, like at, I, I'm 
pretty introspective, maybe maybe to an unhealthy degree. But as an adult, I'm I'm realizing that quality time is definitely definitely uh, one of my love languages for sure. Mm. Um, because it's yeah, it's a big deal when somebody chooses. You know, we we have a million ways we could spend our time, and when somebody chooses to engage you in conversation or just be with you, uh, it is a big deal. Um, and man, I can't imagine being a high school student or a middle school student and nobody, nobody is taking the time to ask just a simple question as simple as how are you doing? That's, that's so sad. Uh, cause that's such an easy, (laughs) that's like, that's like small talk level easy to ask people. Um, but, you know, I think the other part of it is, too, we, like, because a lot of us could ask, like, hey, man, how's it going? But we don't really mean it. It's just a greeting. So right. I think the other part of it is asking it genuinely, you know, waiting for, a, like, a truthful response instead of, you know, flippantly, too. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that's interesting. That's very interesting. See, now okay. I, I need to look up that statistic because I know, I know it's real. <laughs> and I know there's somebody out there like, mm, I don't know about I that. You. It's real. I got to find it. I believe you. I, I don't think you'd lie to us. We, I, I think we trust you at this point. <laughs> um, and I, I don't think my listeners are, are extreme cynics or fact checkers anyway. So I, I think we're okay. <laughs> good. good. Uh, at least I would hope so. Um, all right. So Terrence, I, um, I don't do this often, but I, I really, I am such a big fan of the work you're doing and I, I think it's so important. So I, I want to know two things. First of all, um, how can we, the rest of us, the ones that are not speaking to, to high school and, and middle school assemblies, how can we help? Um, like, what can we do for students, for teachers, um, you know, for, for people like you that are speaking to, to schools? Um, how can how can we help me and all the listeners? Yeah, uh, I, I always tell uh, parents and, and other adults, like it, a lot of times people will go, uh, I'm not really good with that age and I I'm too old for them or I'm outdated and nobody's too old to care. Nobody's too old to sit down and listen. And oh, so yeah. if there's a group of students or people that you know has a student or has some kids, just be willing to go, Hey, you know what? I'll take you guys out uh, for lunch. Or even there's some people I, I've met some parents that literally will go once a week to their kids' uh, lunchtime in the cafeteria and hang out not with just their kid, but their kid's mm-hmm. friends and just yeah. be there and not try to control the conversation because it's like, you, my kid is around you all the time, so I want to get to know you <laughs> too. Yeah. And that, that makes a difference. And then also supporting the people that are with your kids. Uh, my mom always said that it takes a whole village to raise one child and yeah. you you have to show appreciation for to that village and those teachers uh that speaker even though yeah it, whoever it is that's having contact with students just show your appreciation towards them and i i know for teachers a lot of times uh with the church that i was with before uh they would have just a when conferences were happening, they're like, you know what? We're just going to buy lunch for all you teachers or buy dinner for you. And that will, that will go a long way with a teacher. And that means a lot. Yeah. 
that's that's huge you're so right too um teachers specifically uh in another life i i thought that i would end up being a high school teacher um that did not happen um but <laughs> i there's i've always had a huge admiration for for people um i i think that's i man i, I don't want to step on any toes or like no. you know there's, there's a lot of like there's a lot of uh you know jobs that are that are a service i think to humanity um i can't think of one that's that's more of a service i think than than being a teacher um those yeah. are those are special important people um so yeah i think you're right we we definitely need to show more appreciation for them and i i love that it can be as simple as as buying lunch or dinner um you know maybe even sending a letter uh you know there's there's a lot of ways to do that but i you're so right that's that's huge um, how can we, so that was my first question. The second one is specifically, how can we, uh, myself and my, my listeners, um, how can we help you, um, and the work that you're doing? Like, what can we do for you specifically? Uh, yeah, well, there's two ways, I guess. Uh, number one, if there's a, a school that you're like, you know what, this would be good. I would love to be at that school. And so, even opening the door to talking to that principal or a lot of times it's the counselors that kind of have the say in these things and just being like, Hey, I heard about this person, show them the website. And then yeah, whatever they want to do after that is that. And then honestly, if I'm I'm being like real honest with you, uh, another thing for me that I've started to, to work on is just getting support because uh this is my full-time job Mm. and so if i'm not going to a school then i'm not getting paid and for me i have to i'm at a school like all week and one of the things that really uh i want to get better at is being present with my family and it sometimes it it stinks to leave for a week two weeks and uh not be with my daughters and so yeah if i'm being honest and just uh, i have uh, support or partners in doing this right now and just i'm just needing to get uh some a few more in order to not have to say yes to every single thing that comes up yeah yeah um right on man i i hope uh listeners there you have it there's your action items <laughs> from <laughs> from this episode um man I, I hope we i hope we can help uh somehow at least a little bit um we you we need you i i has sometimes <laughs> i hesitate to say something like that because i like it's a lot of pressure i know but like we do we need we need you and people like you doing what you're doing and i really hope I really hope that we can help, uh, in some way. Um, so oh. <laughs> again, listeners, there's your action item. Well, um, Hey, for you, you're, you're doing it. So, uh, for people like me, uh, being that microphone and you're sharing your platform, we need you too. <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> that. Well, absolutely, dude. I'm, I'm very, very happy, um, to help any way I can for sure. Um, all right. So before we get out of here, uh, I have to ask, there's a, there's a question I ask every guest. Um, and 
since the name of the podcast is Good Humans, the question I ask every guest is, what does it mean to you uh, to be a good human in your experience, you know, from your perspective? Um, what does that look like to you? Oh, man, you should have warned me with this question. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I usually, um, it must have slipped my mind. I usually, that's the only question I usually like give a heads up on. And I must have, I'm, it must have slipped my mind when we were talking. Uh, <laughs> To give you the heads up so i apologize <laughs> i know worries. it's a big question um but really like again really all i'm looking for um and i think the listeners too is just you know kind of like a little bit of insight on on how you're going about this because I, I you're on the podcast because i believe wholeheartedly that you are a good human um yeah. so i'm just i'm just wondering like how you're how you're going about that um you know and and how you're how you're doing that yeah um Man, good human to me is, I, I don't want to say once again, like, show people that you love them. Like, yeah, that, that's good, but that's just a word. Uh, mm. I, You got to show people that you like them. And that's a lot harder oh, to say. And there's, yeah. a, there's a big difference between the two. And so... Uh, so many so, times growing up, I heard, I love that person, but I don't like them. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's really interesting that you went there. Sorry, I interrupted. Go on, but no. I love that. Well, right, you're you're absolutely right. Even as a kid, there's like, yeah, I love you, but I really don't like you that much. Yeah, and it's yep. like, how can you say that? <laughs> but <laughs> being being a good human is showing people that you like them. And what do, what do people do when you like somebody? You spend time with them. You listen to them and. Uh, you let them know that you care. And any human that is willing to take the time to show people that you care, man, yeah, to me, you're a good human. That is huge. I Man, that's such a good answer. See, <laughs> you didn't need a heads up. You had it. You had it in the bag. Uh, not so good. I, I've never – that's the first time I've gotten that, that specific answer, but even that kind of an answer. Um, Cause that, like the cliche thing would be to, you know, like show people you love them. And like, then, you know, you'd go on to say like, and this is, you know, it's, a, it's all in the showing, it's all in the action, not just the word. Uh, but like to, to go like a little bit deeper, it's, it's weird to say it's going deeper to say you like somebody, but it's, that's the perfect description. I, I don't know why I'm trying to add on. You, you do. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> hey, and, and that that wasn't I don't want to take full responsibility for that one. That that I, I learned that with uh, an organization this summer. And so we talked about that. And so. Oh, great. Yeah. You know what? That's OK, too, um, because we'll take, uh, you know, good advice from anywhere. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, OK, so Terrence, uh, so we talked a little bit about how we can help you um, and, and the work that you're doing. I'm definitely interested in the book, so I'm going to order the book for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. that's right. And yeah, order the book. <laughs> um, but how, like, where can we, if we want more info, if we want to find out more, if we want to order the book, any of that stuff, like, can you tell us, um, you know, where do we find all that? If people yeah. want to reach out to you, like, how do we how do we do all that? Yeah, absolutely. I, totally, I don't know why I forgot the book, but yeah. <laughs> I got uh, you covered. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, the book, you can find it anywhere. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, just really, you just type in um, 
uh, Secrets Anonymous, and it should come up. And then also, you can obviously get it from my website, which is terrencetally.com. Terrence with all E's, no A's. Uh, terrencetally.com. And yeah, and if you want to get a hold of me, I would say go to the website as well. You can email me, uh, reach out to me. I'm, I'm pretty good about... Uh, <laughs> responding to emails and messages on Instagram. I'm pretty good at it, but yeah, if you want to reach out to me on there too, if you're a social media person, uh, I read all of those. And so, yeah. Well, man, I, um, this was such a delight. Uh, I so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Oh man. Now you probably say that to all the girls. <laughs> I usually enjoy it's true. I usually enjoy these conversations, but man, there's something about um I don't know, man, there's something about the work that you're doing and honestly about you. I like I um I I think I think I connect with you pretty deeply on a lot of things and uh oh. man, I just this has been a such a great conversation and I I really appreciate um I know it's late where you're at, but I really appreciate you making the time to do this. Um, you got a busy schedule. You, you, you're traveling and you got a family and everything. So um, thank you for the work that you're doing uh, because it's so needed. Genuinely, honestly, thank you. But um, thank you for making time for this conversation too. And, and for, for it being such a good conversation for being present. Well, man, um, I, I guess, I guess we'll wrap it up. I, do you feel good? Yeah, I feel great. All right. Well, listeners, if you're still here, please reach out to Terrence and tell him uh, that you love his work and say nice things to him um, at the very least, because I think that would help. Um, but if you can, uh, please do something to help, um, whether it's a student, a teacher, um, Terrence and his work, uh, get involved, do something. This is big, big stuff. And I think... Um, I think all of us together uh, can make a difference. So let's do that. And until next week, be good to each other. <laughs>